What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. Yo, what up, Fatherhood fam? Uh, this is Manny Digital. We're here with DJ EFN and our esteemed guest. He is. But by the way, we got no sound effects. I'm on location at my son's uh, basketball camp. Which looks <laughs> dope, by the way, your background. Yes, thank you. This is so I'll get into it in a little bit. Let me let me make this <laughs> intro first. Um so no sound effects. So I apologize for that. Um, yeah, we, we have EFN doing the sound effects. <laughs> uh, so so I guess today uh, I was recently introduced to him. He's a, a real cool cat. Uh, we got together talking about actually Fly Dad, the brand you guys have heard about a bunch. Um, just shooting the shit about it, um, introducing him to it, just getting his thoughts on it. And that re- very quickly turned into him telling me a little bit about his parenting journey. And we had to we had to get him on fatherhoods. So without further ado, we have the head honcho of Rockstar Dot Marketing, our man TV. What's up, guys? What up? What up? No, normally, that's when the, the crowd goes up. wild. Does it really? <laughs> so, so I want to start. Um, and this is I think this is the way our conversation started when I was introduced to you. Your name. Right, yes. you spell it T double E V double E, correct? All, all one word is how you word. how you rock. Right. Um. Very interesting story. How you got it? Can you tell <laughs> us a little bit about how that name came to be? So first up, I'm I'm Mexican. I was born in Mexico, and my first name is Natividad, mm. uh, which, if I remember correctly, your father's name. That's my father's Natividad. name. Correct. So the irony just blew me away. Um. So I was named Natividad in elementary school. Everybody obviously struggled calling me that, and I never knew. I was I was an immigrant kid, so I didn't know what nicknames were. Um, and as time evolved, people started coming up with silly things. And one person, a friend, friend of mine's sister, would call me, knock them in the eye, uh, night of a dad, natividad, and little by little, just became. I don't know, it was whatever. I didn't care. But at some point, somebody started calling me TV Guide because <laughs> it sounds like TV Guide, not TV Die, not TV Guide. So they were calling me TV guy for a minute. And then after a while, like, oh, that's kind of cool. They, some people started shorting that to TV. Uh, and then when I was in high school, I adopted it. I started being called that. And by the time I got to high school, I was given the opportunity to actually give them a nickname. Every teacher said, you can, we, can get, we can call you by whatever you want, as long as it's not offensive. And from that day on, my freshman year in high school, which was 1990, I've been known as TV. I didn't know at the time that I was branding myself and becoming uh memorable <laughs> using something that would become memorable forever yeah, hence your marketing career started right there yes uh, who knew <laughs> and and i took commercial art and in high school i didn't know it but that's essentially what i'm doing as well that's dope that's dope. dope yeah it was it was crazy because up until this point until meeting tv i didn't know uh i didn't know um anybody else named not tv that like that was mm. when when my father told me what his real name. He goes by Manny also. Like he okay. he hated his name, so 
his dad. Wait, so your him. real name is not Manny then? Whoa, slow down. <laughs> my, my name is Manny. <laughs> your name but is he... tuberculous? <laughs> <laughs> I would get that. Is it tuberculosis? What is yeah. it? TV? No, TV, not tuberculosis. <laughs> well, my, my last name, everybody called me. My last name is Narciandi. So the kids that couldn't pronounce it would just be like, that's nasty Andy right there. There you go. <laughs> kids, man. So, yeah. So my, so my dad, like early, he was like, yo, I'm not, I'm calling myself Manuel. And that's what he went with. Mm-hmm. Um, but up until, so he told me that story and I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. You don't want to be like named Christmas or whatever in the t- after nativity. Right. And then when I met you, I was like, oh, he's another one that doesn't like his name because he, <laughs> he, he remixed it. But in reality, you didn't have that issue. It was just a nickname carried. Yeah, I actually don't mind it. I always uh, loved it. And now that I'm older, uh, especially as I was dating, they're like, oh, my God. Women were like, oh, my God, I love your name. Why don't you go by your real name? <laughs> I'm like, cool. You can call me that, too. <laughs> hey, whatever works, right? <laughs> not a and they all try to choke you like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, daddy. <laughs> Hold on. I got, I, got a, I got an injured kid. Oh, oh no, man. Right? Oof. It's okay. Uh-oh. Got an elbow. You got, hit, you got hit with the ball? No. Kid's head collided. Oh, you crashed. Ooh, that's yeah. the worst. Yeah. You're fine, though, right? You want to hang out here with me? <laughs> He's like, I got to do a podcast. You're fine, yeah. right? <laughs> Fatherhoods, right? You're going to be uh, good. Walk it off. Walk it off. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, part, it's part of the training, right? Like, yeah, I, sure. I, it's funny because I told him that's it's so crazy how organic this all happens. But um, I, when we signed up to come to this camp, I was like, yo, you're going to be this balls flying everywhere because there's a lot of kids shooting. Right. So I'm like, yo, you got to pay attention because you might get hit in the face. Literally yesterday, he gets hit in the face with the ball and whatever. He shook, he shook it off. It was no big deal. He was fine. Um, and then right now the coach comes in and he's like, well, your son. And I'm like, oh, damn. So he's over here with an ice pack. But it's this part of this part of the game, man. Yeah, you got to yeah. got to roll with it. Yeah, I mean, so long as he's not bleeding out, I'm good. He, yeah, he yeah. seems to have it together, so it's fine. Broken bones, we're good. Yeah. So, TV, tell us a yes. little bit about because because you're you're uh, a div- how do you call that? You, you and your baby moms are divorced. Correct. Okay, that's not Which called I hate, divorced. By the way, yeah. <laughs> I know it's weird. It's, like I'm trying to be. How do you say divorced? No, yeah, no, no. divorced. It's funny because on applications or or whatever they'll have you put like, are you single? Are you married? divorced single i'm like why is why is divorce even an option what does it matter what right. i was right like, so i get it <laughs> yeah so but you have two daughters with with her, correct correct yes an 18 and a 16 year old and remind me they live in the country or, or yeah they- they're here in dallas they're, they're down the close. road from it yeah, yeah all right live in the suburbs a little bit and it's been a while since the divorce yes it's uh 2007 what is that 13 14 years since we divorced yes okay so that's been a long time your, your daughter think you have one teenager if i'm not mistaken or uh, i mean in, in a way of speaking it's it's two they're two, 18 yeah. and 16 yeah oh no then you're yeah you almost out of the woods yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how's that been right um a you have two daughters that in and of itself yes. is challenging and they're pretty close in age right and then r- co-parenting however you guys define you know the way you're raising them how has that journey been so far uh challenging of course it's it's not it's not easy um the divorce wasn't pretty at the beginning and it was it was it was really contested and it was ugly at the beginning but um after a while we found our groove and i have been doing really well with it uh the girls are fantastic um essentially what ended up working out is my ex-wife allowed me through time 
to parent them the way I felt, uh, the way I, I wanted to raise them and introduce them to anything and everything. They do spoken word. They play basketball. They can catch. They can throw. They, they, they throw a football with the older one, not the younger one. But they can do anything and everything that I really, I was allowed to do anything and everything that I wanted and, and parent them in the way that I felt was right. What, what, sorry, what was the rule before that then? That you couldn't do any of that? Well, in in some divorces, like they're not going to let you. Uh, I could, if I wanted to get them involved in some sport, she may not let me. If it was if it was a really ugly, she wasn't going to allow me to because I could pick them up at any time. Right. I could do whatever I wanted, to, and I could okay. introduce them to new things. And and her, depending uh, my experience with some divorced parents is that just to be ugly, the woman may not allow that. Like, right. nah, you ain't got time for that, right? That kind of thing. So she, so she from, well, maybe not from the gate, but pretty quickly after the divorce and everything kind of settled, that was the routine. Like, it yeah, was like, she, yeah, pick them up anytime, do whatever I wanted with them, take them wherever, take them to workshops, introduce them to people, networking. I, I take them a grown adult networking sometimes just to get them to shake hands and meet grown ups and, and get conversational, get good with the conversations. That's, That's cool. Dope. How does how does that work though? I mean, you sound like you have a very mature person that you know, you happen divorce happened to divorce with and was able to recognize, or or maybe you know whatever issues you guys had didn't carry over to the kids. That's very rare. Like, well, in my in my experience, it's always the opposite, right? And you kind of hinted toward that. Yeah. Um, how does that happen, right? Because again, it's very rare. I, I, I'll, I'll give her parents credit potentially right. here, but like, what what does that look like in your world? Because you have to have some sort of fear when you're going through the proceedings yeah. that that might be the outcome, the the yeah. bad part. Yeah. Of it. Um, for me, what ended up happening is I had to get real good at managing my emotions, not losing my shit if shit hit the fan. Uh, and not allowing myself to get lost in arguments. Like literally, I would let her win arguments if it meant my peace of mind. Mm. Um, if she would call me just screaming at me for any reason, I'd listen, take it, ask if that was it, and then let it go. All right, well, talk to you later. I'll pick up the kids at such and such time. And what I think happened is as, th- as time evolves, you realize I'm not going to engage in these kinds of conversations. So therefore, it, was, it became fruitless. I will not. I mean, obviously, my ego wanted to defend itself and wanted to fight and yeah, scream and prove myself. Want to argue. <laughs> and, and it is, and it is. But I, I, I was younger and I was starting to grow. The divorce was part of the reason that I started doing the marketing and doing everything uh, personally to grow. And that was practice. So that was training at like keep your shit together. Arguing and trying to win the trying to win the argument is fruitless. She thinks what she thinks and feels what she feels. Ultimately, I need to ensure that she knows where I stand, but walk away, let her talk. Are you done? Okay, cool. Got to go. Now I'll pick up the girls on Friday or whenever, right? That is, it took time, but eventually I think she just got used to the fact that, okay, I guess this is the way it's going to be. So was yoga a part of how you were able to keep a level head? Like, what's the secret? Because we're uh, all Latino here and we have very <laughs> hot blood. Yeah, I have a tough time because I feel that like just to go off of what you said, that you'll let her win the argument. To me, if you let them win the argument, it's just another argument later on because then they were like, oh, I won that. So now next time I'm going to show you that this is wrong because you already agreed that I won that argument. So it continues. 
No, it didn't happen that way. Um, you would think that that would be the case, but it didn't. I mean, if it was something that was important and we were disagreeing about uh, allowing the, the, the girls to this or that, then, you know, two different opinions and two different outcomes are going to come out of that. And so be it. But if it was just an argument over what she feels about me and how I'm doing and like right. just attacking me personally, like I know who I am. I know where I stand. You can sling mud. You can be ugly if you choose, but I don't care. Right. Those types of arguments. But right. if it was a, if we were deciding something, we, we would discuss it. And as, as time wore on, eventually we didn't disagree on most anything. And even, you know, Hey, I'm going to pick up the girls for Christmas this year, or I'm going to do this. It was fine. And especially at the beginning. I think that was another thing that I used as leverage is I didn't celebrate holidays. I didn't celebrate any holidays. So she was allowed to have them Christmas, new years. And I was pretty broke too. Uh, birthdays, whatever she could have them. That was one less argument. Cause that's always something that comes up. So I think what ended up happening too is that maybe she felt like, okay, he's given me all these things. I just need to chill as time wore on. Hmm. And to your question, what what did I do? It just I realized that early on in life that is sometimes you just it's not necessary. You can't win any argument and you're not going to convince someone that they're wrong. Um just like even today in these days and times, most arguments are fruitless unless you're yeah. arguing with a person that's just genuinely telling you their position and you're going to tell them your position and, and you can talk and it's mutual agreement that this is an argument. However, we're going to be respectful then, then, then that makes sense. But to me early on, I figured that out. Uh, yoga helped. I did NLP. I don't know if What's you're that? familiar with that. Yeah, Neuro linguistic programming. So it's a training. It's a, uh, kind of like psychology, it's a mesh, a mesh of psychology, uh, hypnosis. It's a study of a lot of these things and how to model behavior, how to model excellence. Um, and you start learning a lot about how we communicate. It's used a lot in marketing. A lot of stuff uses NLP languaging um, to try to convince people to do this or that. But being aware of my emotions, being aware that this is not real. Most things aren't real. It's just imagined. It's a story that we're telling ourselves. And um, so through time and becoming and doing that, I got better at it. And kind of another backstory to that. I used to be in management. I was a grocery manager. I was in grocery business for 18 years. And of that, I spent 15 or 14 in the stores, you know, managing the store and the various departments, overseeing the, the store itself, not the, the individual departments. Um, and I believe that that also trained me to take a beating and not lose my shit because you have employees, you have customers, you have upper management, you have lower management, you have everyone screaming at you at any given moment and trying to get your attention and prove their point and maybe get their money back. Somebody broke their eggs. They're, they're missing hours. They want to call all these things come up and learning how to manage that and not lose my shit and stay under control because I'm a manager and I'm a leader. Kudos yeah. to you, man. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how you pieced it all together, bro. Because I'm just thinking, like, I'm not, thankfully, my wife and I are together with our kids, right? And so um, I'm just thinking through, like, what, you know, everybody has their disagreements that escalate into shit that you don't want it to escalate into. And I'm just thinking of those examples in my head as you're speaking. And then I'm like, man, okay, I could have been more mature here, or this really was bullshit. It didn't mean anything. Like, trying to apply it retroactively, what you're saying. Uh, But it's really difficult to get to that point in the moment. Right. Yeah. 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 Tempest flare. Yeah. yeah. 
And you're not thinking I, I, about what the kids think. Like, especially when you do it around them, it's like, fuck. At, at the end of it, you're like, that was dumb. The kids are now thinking this is normal and yeah. you got to kind of backpedal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never argued in front of them. Um, and usually it was over the phone or something by the time it was all said and done. Um, and it also, the, the divorce and all that benefited them. They actually got used to the idea of having two homes and two sets of holidays um, because they were young enough. They didn't take it. Uh, they, they didn't know what it was for us to be together. So it actually, that was one of the reasons I decided to divorce. Like, uh, I think my happiness is worth it. And I think it's going to benefit them at the end of the day uh, that you don't have to force something. And uh, that some people would disagree with that idea that you have to make it work, but it wasn't working. And I think they need to see, my daughter needed to see that it was possible to break, maintain some level of respect. And, and it was going to benefit them in the long run, as well as myself. I'm happier than I've ever been. Good for you, bro. That that's I mean, and to your point, like this. Uh, uh, e, you probably hear this all the time because I I've he- I hear from like Cuban households all the time. El aguante, like mm-hmm. you you know, par- parents or a couple stay together for four, oh, yeah. 50 years, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and then then you find out all this thing, all this stuff where they should have broken up or they break up at that stage in their lives, and it's like, what are you doing? Bro. Like, what yeah. happened? That's it's what you do. It's what the old culture did, right? That's that's the thing I was gonna say though, like. I find myself divided between that, that old culture thinking because sometimes it feels like, you know, we, let's say new culture in new culture, we're more um, selfish in that, in that sense. Throw the towel in, you know, there's such a high divorce rate and a high breakup rate in people. And then they have kids and then it's all like, you know, Oh, I love this. I'm butterflies. I got a family. And then, yeah. And then the minute they feel they're not getting what they want out of the relationship, they throw in the town and you look to the old school people, you know, it seemed like our grandparents were happy at the end. I know they probably weren't, but then it just, it, it starts to mess with me. I'm like, what, what's more important? Right. Like, is it, you know, I understand you think about selfishly, like life is short, you know, I want to be happy, but then you wonder like, what effect does it have on family when people break up and these type of things? Like it's, it's, it's just like, to me, there's a lot there to play with. It's like, yeah. You know, you know, of course, you're never going to all be 100 percent happy in a relationship. That's that's yeah. never going to be true. For sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have the same thing in the Mexican culture. Um, my parents are still together and they hate each other <laughs> pretty much. Um, they sleep in different rooms. Oh, uh, man. Wow. That's super hating each other. <laughs> yeah. And they've been sleeping in different rooms. I say hate as they love each other, but they hate each other at the same time. They've been sleeping in separate, separate rooms for at least 20 years. I was still wow. living with them when they when that happened. Um, they're different individuals, different ways of being. And I think ultimately it was just that old culture that says, I'm not going to leave. My mother should have left him. We tried to convince her to leave him. She wanted to leave, but ultimately I think she just didn't know what to do without him. So, um, it is what it is. Uh, I just, I chose not to be them. They actually were the model. I modeled them, the anti-model. <laughs> like, I don't want to be them, be angry and then, um, look up and, cause I considered staying in the relationship, look up and be seven years old and. I'm still with this person that I haven't loved since I was 25, 26, right? right? So We often ask that question on the podcast, like, you know, what did you take away from your parents, particularly your dad and his way of, you know, bringing you up? Um, Sounds like this was a big lesson. Were there any other, like, gems, positive or negative, that you grabbed that helped you in your parenting journey? Essentially, everything I do is a reflection of him, whether like it's a the mirror opposite or almost everything. Um, everything, the way he approached it was old school. 
you know, you, you slap your kids, slap your wife, uh, a lot of domestic abuse, uh, alcoholism. I, I didn't have my first drink till I was almost 35, alcohol. Um, I didn't want to be like him. Um, he never apologized if he didn't, if he made a mistake. He never acknowledged making a mistake. <laughs> um, and I tried to basically be what he wasn't, be the father that I wish he would have been. Um, that's been my practice. I write about him actually a lot uh, on my blog uh, and because and, it's, it's, it's been critical. Him, his influence has been critical in the way I raise my children. Damn, it's deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, had I, I had a similar parallel with my father and alcoholism, and then I and then now I do drink champs. <laughs> oh, I drink now too. I, I love making me some cocktails, and I think I'm have a very addictive personality. Me too. Me too. So I realized because I went in on 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 my my cocktails and make now like I, I want to be a bartender. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like just amongst friends, not a real cocktail bartender in real life. Um, but I, I think if I had picked it up at 16, 17, I literally, all my boys in the hood, we, they love drinking and they're always right. offering and they're offering anything and everything. I didn't, I never said yes. Um, but had I picked it up, I feel like I probably would have gone hard on it just cause to keep up with the boys. And also it's kind of almost, I want to believe it might be cultural. It might be in my DNA, to, right. the fire water, right? That's how I feel about cocaine. I feel oh, yeah. like never touch I feel it. like no no I I've stayed away at all costs because I'd be like I think I'll like it a lot. Oh yeah. really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm okay. in Miami, you know, my dad was, you know, cocaine cowboy days. Yeah. Mm, no. uh, <laughs> I think I like it a lot. <laughs> I have avoided all of that because I was I looking back, I would have probably went hard on all of it. I mean, it what? seems like a fun one, guys. Jesus. Yeah, I mean right. staying away though. I'm staying away. <laughs> not an endorsement of it i Stay can't away. get i can't get past how you consume it like it to me it's just it's what? strength okay like, it's, in hell. Yeah. yeah like that just looks crazy. i mean if you want to smoke some free base go for it but nah, nah, that's even crazier <laughs> yeah that's even Good more man. nuts yeah. <laughs> by the way this is not a drug segment we're, we're not condoning it get the we're all saying us. no <laughs> just say no we're saying it right now yeah just say no nancy reagan Dude, I listened to her. Yo, I did too. I told people I actually listened to Nancy Reagan. <laughs> Just say no. Worked worked for me, bro. It, it worked definitely for worked for me. The the brain on drugs commercial was that part of her campaign too? No, I think that was separate. Yeah, that I think shit, that, was, that shit about the egg. Yeah, yeah, that shit did a number on yeah. me. I was like, yeah. nope, oh, not me, not me. Yeah. Yep, it worked. <laughs> Public health announcement. Yeah, that propaganda got me straight. I mean, we also era. grew up in the crack, the crack, the crack epidemic, and yeah. so that was, you know, that was easy to scare us away from wanting to be a crackhead. Yeah. Uh, TV, what, what, why do you think you chose the path of knowingly going against the things that you saw were incorrect in your own upbringing versus following the same trend? Um. Best I can figure is reading. Early on, I started reading. Uh, I was a book fanatic. As soon as I figured out that you'd go to the library and get books with the public library card and, and they'll let you leave without them, with them, I, I was fascinated by that. And I think that introduced me to a bigger world because I didn't get out of the hood basically until I was like 30. Like I really sheltered I, and I was lived in the hood. Um, but books allowed me to see things and see other perspectives. And I think what that allowed me to also see is like get some emotional intelligence and be aware that what my father is doing isn't right. 
And what I'm asking him is just to talk to me, just to explain himself, just to say, hey, why are we doing this? This doesn't make sense. Um, that it wasn't an extreme um, request. It's just that he wasn't willing to do it. I used to say that my father would, I, he, he would argue about anything and everything and would couldn't be wrong. We could be arguing about the color of the sky. I'd say it's blue. He'd say it's black. He'd slap the shit out of me because it's like, I'm your father. I know better. So like I figured out early on that my father just wasn't reasonable. Um, and that most of the ways he was approaching it were, there were better ways. I just, when I felt like I would get the opportunity, I knew I would do better. I had to do better. I, I didn't want to raise my children in that same environment with that same crap. Um, so from the moment that I became a parent, I looked at it as a social experiment. All right. He did these things. What can I do differently? Um, I will say that I used to be married and I had two older children. I, had, I used to have two stepchildren. Mm. So right out of the, within a couple of years, I had four children. I went from zero to four wow. and, and a couple. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with regards to parenting and disciplining. I, I was in charge of disciplining, including the older ones. And the boy was, was tough. And I, I, was, I would spank him. And the, the mom would encourage me to spank him, you know, to get him to get in line. And I remember doing it so much that at one point I went to bed crying. So I'm thinking to myself, there has to be a better way. This yeah. kid's going to hate me. This kid's going to hate me. Um, he's told me since then that he doesn't hate me. He appreciates my involvement and my, um, what I did for him. But I still did thought like it was better. I only disciplined my daughters a handful of times up until like they were, I want to say six and four or something like that. Shortly after the divorce, I spanked them one time after I lost my shit. And I remember at that moment, I decided I'm never spanking them again. We're going to talk it out. We're going to figure it out. There has to be a better way. Um, and that's ultimately what it came down to is I, I looked at everything in the world and I'm like, there's better ways to everything. There's better processes, better methods. This is old school. You slap, I, I had this conclusion. You, you slap your enemy, you beat your enemies, you beat your cows and your cattle, you beat your wife, you beat your children. If anybody's out of line, you beat them up, you beat them, right? Yeah. You fight. That was the old, old way of old culture. There has to be a better way. That was my, my attitude. And I picked it up early on. That's real. That's great. E, what's what's new in your world? Because last time we chatted, um, we were well, on actually, the... actually, I want to, before we get into because I want to get into my COVID vaccine story. Oh, yes. This is, this <laughs> that, is I, that I alluded to in a text to you. But before that, I, I, talking to both you guys, I have a, a question. So is your ex-wife uh, Mexican as well? No, she's a uh, white American. Okay, it's good. This is good for my question. And then Manny, your wife is Cuban, right? She's Cuban, B. Full Cuban? She was she wasn't born there, but both her no, parents. No, no, no. Okay, both okay. Both parents are Cuban. And so I'm Cuban and my girl's Guatemalan Native American. So mm -hmm. my question to you guys is how did you guys or or how do you approach because the way I was raised as a Cuban American, both my parents Cuban, but my dad wasn't really around too much, but my grandparents very involved, my aunts, my uncles. It's like you're we're raised like if we're in Cuba. So the mm. Cuban culture is embedded in me. Right, right. Feel very Cuban and very proud of being Cuban. Um, I and now that, that I'm with someone that's not Cuban, you know, and sometimes they look at my Cuban culture like a little funny, like, what is that? You know, <laughs> not to mention that even though I was born in LA, I was raised in, in the East Coast in Miami, and she's she's raised in LA. So that's those differences. So sometimes I find myself like, how do we strike this balance where I can embed my Cuban culture, you know, so we don't lose it with our kids, 
Right. And the Sheik, and I want her to embed Native American and Guatemalan culture as well. I, mm-hmm. I feel that's important too. Did you guys like, do you think about those things? Is it a part of what you're trying to do when you raise your kids? Like how, how does that work for you guys? Me first. <laughs> I actually think about that a lot. Um, I was born in Mexico. I'm very proud of my culture <clears throat> and my kids are half white. My mother's from Ohio, white American. Uh, my approach has been to embed them with everything Mexican that I can, as much of my culture as I can. Uh, the food, the language. I did fail on, on teaching them Spanish. That was my biggest failure. Um, and what I tell people is because I only had them every other weekend. And they're home speaking English and speaking it well. 70, 80% of the time they come to me. I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had enough time to teach it and then still understand each other, teach lessons and, you know, go in without losing time. So that's on me. But outside of that, I've given them everything that I can about being Mexican, being proud, being Hispanic, Latino, being everything that is not American um, because they're surrounded by American culture, but I wanted them to have it. So, and it's, it worked. Um, they identify as Mexican, Mexican, uh, young ladies uh and, and identify with the mexican culture so much so that they actually call themselves mexican so it's very important to me because i don't want to lose it i've already lost the language but i want to ensure that they carry that pride on right. and they yeah. speak their name they'll say their names in spanish their names are oh, Fe and anastasia so they say their names in, in spanish um uh what is it <laughs> tone uh, like the pronunciation they, they yeah, say it in it's, yeah inflection yeah it's in right. spanish so people think they speak spanish when they introduce themselves oh i'm anastasia Irre, or I'm Irre. And they're like oh you speak spanish uh no that's it <laughs> and but it is it's very important i feel uh, no, no it is it is it is it's so to answer the question um up until yesterday i thought we were oh, wow. doing a decent job language right. uh, teaching them spanish we've been hard on ourselves about because we don't do a good enough job in, in the household to speak it with them outside of when we're upset. And you'll hear my wife will be like, Coño! and then I'll be like, Coñazo! and then, you know, that's about the extent. So they'll, they'll understand when shit is up upside down. Oh, they're speaking Spanish. <laughs> right. Right. But, but um, what's interesting is we've, we've noticed, I'd say over the last couple of years, our kids are, are getting out of that phase where they're shy of speaking Spanish. Before it was really tough. Now my my oldest, she's 14. She's constantly practicing Spanish with us. Like she's the love one that. starting the conversation. Right. And yeah. she's got the inflection down. She understands a ton. She speaks with more confidence now. And because so it's starting the domino effect. Mm. So my son, who's eight with the busted lip that you guys just saw. <laughs> <laughs> he's now also doing it. So it's cascading down. And my five-year-old daughter, she's she has all the charisma in the world. So she's just like, oh, y'all want to speak? I- I'm going to beat y'all. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on that side of things, it's working out well. My kids my kids identify as Cubinican. That's, that's oh, how that's they identify. That's interesting. Yeah. So they, they've always asked, like, so what are we? And then my wife will be like, you're Cuban. And I'm like, and where, where do I fall into the equation? <laughs> They're Cuban, so, B. Yeah. And then she's like, well, you know, you, you guys are half Dominican also. So my son was like, oh, so we're Cubanican. And we were like, yeah. Oh, wow, just that. like that. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> but yesterday, my daughter um, was asking me, like, so she she 
was having trouble between the Puerto Rican and Cuban flags because of the similarities. Mm-hmm. She's finally got which one is which. And yesterday she's like, what is this flag? It's got red in one corner, blue in another corner. And like she's describing a flag. And I'm like, I don't know. let me look. Yo, it's the Dominican flag. I'm like, you didn't even know. I, I didn't know what she was describing. It's stupid. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, Louis, what's my flag? <laughs> but then, but then I'm thinking, because like, you know, you go to most any Dominican household, there's something there in their home that has the flag on it. Right. Right. And and I think that's true in probably every yeah. Latin yeah, American yeah, culture. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so and I'm looking around in my house and I'm like, yo, I don't have anything that stands out that says Dominican Republic. And so when she asked it, I'm like, of course you don't know, because we don't reference it. Oh, wow. So I, that's where I was like, damn, I'm fucking up, man. Like, I'm, I'm proud of being Dominican. But when people ask me where I'm from, I tell them I'm very, like, literal Bronx. about it. Yeah, I'm from the Bronx. Look, <laughs> I'm from the Bronx. And then they're like, no, but your parents. And then we get into the whole thing. But but yeah, that yesterday it was kind of a little bit of a shock. I was like, fuck. So you didn't really help me much. Well, you're doing. You're, I feel like, but see, you, your struggle because we've we've had conversations. Well, it's I not mean, a struggle necessarily, but I think you're you are um, you're thinking about it too much. I think organically those things will start to tie in. The things you have to be proactive about are things like language more than anything, because you guys live in Miami. The Cuban culture is going to find its way to your kids, <laughs> right? To the point where my girl's annoyed by the Cuban culture because it's so sure. overwhelming here. Yes. that it's kind of like a negative thing to her. Oh, but wow. but but you guys are really loud and obnoxious, and she's not like that, right? It's true. It's, it's true. true. I'm proud of that. No, no. I mean, we we're kind of the same, so I get it. But she's she's got to do more work. Well, this is this is this is the thing that I think is the difference versus me and then my children is that. I can clearly remember the smells, the sounds of Cuban mm-hmm. culture growing up in in the household, you know, with the grandparents right. in the morning, so my, my grandma's, uh, you know, cleaning the, the beans, the black beans and washing them right from the early in the day. And, you know, she's making a con pollo from like, you know, early in the day, all day. And that smells, you know, prevailing throughout the house. So those things stuck with me to the point where maybe when I was a kid, I didn't appreciate them. But it's like when I got older, I, I appreciate it. And it and it and it's like it it like anchored me into my culture, if that makes any sense. Okay. And I don't feel that we neither of us have that enough of that influence in the home to do that for our children. I'm wondering, like, if like, do we lose that as the generations go on? I think you do, um, because we've been living in America so long. I look around. I have a few paintings that I, I went out of my way to get to have more culture, Mexican culture the color schemes and the textile textures. But I think inevitably as generations move on, we're assimilating into the, the country that we're being raised in that we have less and less of it. Whereas when we grew up, it was, we were surrounded by it. You made a great point. The smells, the seeing the grandma, mom, making my mom would make tortillas, get up at five, six o'clock in the morning and make a stack of tortillas as big, knowing and seeing that, smelling it, the smell mm-hmm. of fresh tortilla, the meat, the beans, all of that, well, my kids aren't exposed to that. We don't do that, <laughs> right? So even, and, and the smell is supposed to be one of the biggest anchors. Yeah. Uh, that'll take you right back to those days as soon as yep. it, in it, it comes in your nose. I don't have that. I try to give what I can, um, but you make a great point. It's, it's inevitable. And yeah, then with our, every generation, it's going to be less and less of it. Yeah, our culture right now is Uber Eats. 
Big facts. <laughs> They're like, yeah, what are you? I'm Cuban, Guatemalan, Native American, who reads these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What, one thing I can say, and because my kids, well, TV, you have older children, older than mine, but um, E, in your case, they're still young. Um, getting them involved in some of the cultural cooking, um, to your point, like that has been. Well, how nice do you way. do that if no one's a cook in the house? Well, we, we are in my house. So may, we're not maybe, in my house. This is, it might be an extreme, right? But hear me out. Maybe, maybe it's worth it to hire somebody to come in every once in a blue and prepare. Hey, you're talking blue. rich shit right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> once in a blue, bro. Once in a blue. <laughs> I'll tell you what we did. Uh, one, I cheated and I have a girlfriend who is a cook. Um, and two, I brought in my mom. Um, to help make menudo, pozole, uh, mm. and just various dishes and teach us how to make them. Because I do want to carry that on. That's a, that's a great point as well. Um, and my the oldest has become, like all of us are involved in the kitchen. It's kind of one of the things we do do. We, we, we cook together, we clean together, and it's, it's something that we I love doing. But bringing in different, the, the culture and bringing in my mom. My, uh, this weekend, we're going to do enchiladas with my sister. She's going to teach us her recipe. I think that's actually probably one of the best things you can do is that food because if you lose the food, then everything yeah. else was a shit, I imagine. <laughs> Guys, so, I think uh, we have a business right now. This, yeah. the, the Latino Blue Apron or the Cultural Blue Apron. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> uh, apron. How do you say apron in Spanish? <laughs> uh, we're going to have to invent the word. Comidapalacasa.com. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we didn't mention uh, – nobody's heard uh, KGB today because he's celebrating his son's birthday. So our, our TV, our, our third host. Okay. KGB, I saw the graphic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, he's not with us today because his son's turning, I think it's nine, nine. Today. Happy birthday to him. Yeah. Happy birthday. Young K. Um, mm. He'll be back with us hopefully next week, but yeah, that's, that's why he's absent today. Um, let's get, let's get into your COVID story. E All real right. quick. Well, we got a disclaimer. treat. We don't want to scare people and, and make people think we're thinking one way or the other. We're actually we're all over the place on the subject matter. So, yeah. To, let, let, yeah. Sorry. I just want to add to that. Um, this we're not pushing anybody either way. I think no agenda. Us, yeah. yeah all, all the hosts on this show have, have full respect for whatever decision you make. I think there's a valid point on either case. We just choose differently over here. So but interestingly, E has been on. I guess two sides of the coin because he's been waiting on some stuff. So go ahead. Get, yeah, get I've been it. I've been on the fence to get the vaccination, you know, just on mainly on some, you know, I just I didn't like the feel of the rollout, the way the government handled everything with COVID. So I just wanted to get, you know, them to get more data out of out of the vaccines being, you know, the people getting them. But I didn't want to be one of the guinea pigs. So, you know, I heard that that the FDA was going to approve do a full approval soon. Um, and that was good enough for me. And plus things are getting pretty bad. They're getting worse, you know, with the Delta variants and all this stuff. So, I, and, and then work-wise was going to be affected, not having blah, blah, blah. So I decided to get the vaccine. Um, so I, I make the appointment, I go to my local Walgreens, I get there, uh, early. There's a guy in front of me. He, whatever, he's going to get the vaccine. He goes right before me. He's about 10 years older than me. He's like in his mid sixties. So. I'm there waiting to get vaccinated. He gets vaccinated. He seemed nervous, right? He comes out and then I go in right after him. We both are waiting. You have to, there's like a 15 minute, 15 minute waiting period after you get vaccinated. Yeah. I want you to wait there. So I'm there waiting. Uh, and we're like 
three to four minutes in, maybe five minutes in, and I'm and I'm just like on my phone. I look up at the guy. He's there with his wife. He seems like he's American, and she seems like she's Cuban, the wife. And I see his hands start shaking. And I'm like, like violently, oh. right? Yeah, yeah. Like people can't, they're hearing the podcast, but I'll show you. He's like this. And I'm like, ooh, that's not good. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I knew he was nervous, but I'm like, man, those nerves are really getting to him. But he seemed like he was talking to his wife pretty normal. And she didn't seem to notice his hands at first. All of a sudden, his eyes roll back. He starts to kind of like have like a seizure or convulsions. And he starts throwing up. Oh, shit. And he's passing out. She's like holding him. And then she starts screaming at the top of her lungs in Spanish. She's like, ah, ah, fuck the vaccine. Oh, shit, the fucking vaccine's killing him. Like, she's going crazy. Oh, wow. I'm just like. Like, I, I said one thing. I was like, is he okay? Like, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, am I next? Am I about to start having convulsions? Like, <laughs> holy shit, bro. Like, this is the day I decided to do this. This happens. You know, everybody starts freaking out in, in the Walgreens. They come. The lady's oh like, my God. has this happened before? They're like, no, this is the first time. And he comes to after a little bit. Honestly, I thought the dude was going to die. Like, it looked pretty bad. That's shit. how bad it looked. And I don't want to scare anybody out there. This is the part that's kind of crazy because it'll scare people. I personally, my personal opinion is that he was just nervous as hell. And, and those nerves, like he had a panic attack after. Like he just, he, he was so wound up that, okay. you know, when, when it all unraveled, that's what happened to him. That's what I think. And then they called their kids just to add some backstory. The, the, the wife was, she's frantic. She's like, fuck the vaccine. I'm not getting that shit. The vaccine's killing her. She's obviously like already on the anti-vax shit. And yeah. they called, they called their, their daughter, it seemed. And they told the daughter, the daughter's like, I guess the one that pushed him to get vaccinated. They're like, no, he's fine. That was his nerves. And they're like, no, he's, he only passed out one time when he when he got a shot. And I'm like, oh, there you go. They're like, no, but not like this. Like, he was having convulsions. He was having a seizure. And then the, the daughter was like, no, no, no. It was his nerves. And whatever. The paramedics came. And, Damn. And they seemed he was fine. And But it was pretty fucking freaky. Oh, but the, so to add to the whole thing. So I'll, I'm leaving Walgreens. I grab a couple things. I'm at the register. There's this Cuban lady that's there all the time. She's she looks like she's in the CDC, like the she's wearing like the whole hazmat suit. Like that's wow. the way she's always <laughs> at the register, right? And the she's fire not joking. She's not playing. Yeah, the, and the, the paramedic came in, you know, they came in the fire rescue, the fire truck. So that's parked in front with the sirens. And she's looking at it while I'm walking up to the register with my stuff. And she's mumbling, not talking to me, just mumbling to herself. And she's in Spanish, she says, um, so translation to anybody who doesn't speak Spanish, she said, I'm not getting vaccinated. That's the devil. <laughs> Yo, it's, I mean, after you see some shit like that, I could, I could understand, but the context matters so much. Oh, you guys are done. Okay. I'm about to run, wrap up in a second. Um, so my son's lip is much better. Thank you very much for asking. <laughs> I didn't even see him leave. I thought he was still sitting. Yeah, I thought he was still over you. there. Yeah, he went back for more. He, <laughs> he was like, floated no. over you or something. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like I didn't see nothing. Um, well, so so let's conclude. How, how do you feel after the vaccine? What's what's your personal take on what happened to you? You mean by seeing that? No, no, no. I mean, you got the shot. You waited your 15 minutes. I mean, look, I'm feel? already at the point is okay, whatever. We don't know how it's gonna pan out. Maybe. Whatever. Like I'm over, like I'm over it. Like I got the shot. It was, it was a breeze. It was no problem. You know, not a big deal. I'll go back for my second shot and I just, I'm not going to think about it. Cause if I think about it, yeah. I'll give you like, there's solid reasons to be skeptical of anything really. 
Right. So if you look for it, you're going to find those reasons. And, and, you know, but I'm, I'm over that already. I'm already on the, on the camp of, okay, I'm vaccinated. Let's move forward from here. You know? Right. right, right. So TV, man, thank you for joining us. Um, where can Absolutely. people find out more about rockstar marketing? Sorry. Rockstar.marketing. That's actually the domain name. The Just name. type that yeah. in into your browser. <laughs> Um, well, actually, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, just kind of a, a quick and dirty so people know a little bit more about it. And then where can, if you do social media, like where, where can they check you out? Uh, so I do marketing, digital marketing for local businesses, mainly uh, do some brands, some writers as well, um, do social media, advertising, videos, um, YouTube, all that good stuff, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and then on the side, that's my my baseline that's what pays the bills <clears throat> but i'm also a writer artist so you can find me at tv.mx where you'll find my blogs my my illustrations and poetry i, I do a lot of little different things because at my core i'm an artist at one time i wanted to be a rapper but that wasn't for me um but i dig it into other things and then uh, allow my, my artistic expression to come out through those uh, means and um, that's what i'm focused on building it in the next 20 or 30 years is a, a, a catalog of stuff that I've written and lessons that I've, I've learned uh, in parenting. So but primarily what I write about. So dope. Beautiful. Thank you, man. Well, any, any parental lessons you have, please, you know, I'll, I'll check your blog. I'll be checking your blog. Check it out. Anything useful you think that could benefit the audience, man, we, we'd love to share it with them so they can get hip to it. Fantastic. Yeah. Visit and there and then follow me around. Yeah. And feel free to invite me anytime you're looking for, for a guest. I'm, I would love to, to be a part of it. Appreciate, Appreciate it. you, brother. You take care. Love the and, concept, uh, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much, bro. <laughs> you be safe. Yeah. Likewise, you guys take care. Peace. Thank you. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child.